0: Amnesia is a serious condition, and amnesia is the inability to recall information that's stored in memory, kind of the simple term for that. Amnesia is the loss or the impairment of memory, and what happens is someone with amnesia, they can't remember certain milestones in their life, or they can't remember certain people or memorable events or vital facts about themselves. Now, the causes, we're told, of amnesia, there are two kinds. There's organic and there's functional. Organic causes, uh, like brain damage, uh, some kind of brain injury, or sometimes drugs can cause that. Also, there's functional, and that's psychological factors. Sometimes, like, there's a defense mechanism that will spring up. But research also shows that people with amnesia have difficulty imagining the future. As well. And the reason, researchers think, is because our constructions of future scenarios are closely linked to recollections from past experiences. So, most people with amnesia are, are lucid, they're aware of themselves. But because they have difficulty remembering things from the past, and because they are challenged in imagining the future, you could say that someone with amnesia is stuck in the present. Now, I believe that a lot of Christians are stuck in the present, not for medical reasons. Now, we're, we're, we're stuck in the, in the present for spiritual reasons. What does it mean to be stuck in the present in a spiritual sense? Well, quite simply, stuck in the present means that you are overwhelmed by the immediate. You've forgotten what God has done for you in the past. God's done a whole bunch of stuff for you, but you've forgotten about that. And then you really have trouble because of that, envisioning what God might have in mind for you in the future. And what happens is you end up stuck in the worry over the right now and the problem is the right now never changes. See if this sounds familiar. Every day you worry about the same bills. Every day you worry about the same job. Every day you worry about the same family member. Every day you worry about the same issues in your life. It's like the movie Groundhog Day and if you didn't see Groundhog Day I'm not going to explain it but This is like the movie Groundhog Day. You wake up the next morning and it's yesterday. It's the same day over and over and over and over again. It never changes. That's the way it is with a lot of us that are stuck in the present. The calendar might change, but every day is one big deja vu. We worry about the same bills. We worry about the same job. We worry about the same family member. We worry about the same issues. A few weeks ago, we talked about being stuck in mediocrity. This is different. Because people stuck in mediocrity a lot of times are doing the minimum to get by. People that are stuck in the present can't get by anything. And some people who are stuck in mediocrity are perfectly content to be stuck there. They are perfectly content and at peace with mediocrity. But people stuck in the present are frustrated and anxious about life. Any of these sound familiar? Well, if you haven't picked up on it yet, there's a real good reason why we're stuck in the present. Why we've forgotten what God has done for us in the past and why we can't envision what he has for us in the future and we're just stuck with the right now and every day is the same old, same old, same old, same old. The reason is, I think, worry. Worry. We are stuck in the present because of worry in our lives. While everybody's situation is different and while different factors enter into everybody's life, it's worry that keeps us stuck in the present and that keeps you from moving beyond. So what we want to do today is we want to help you get unstuck so that you can move beyond. Remembering what God has done for you in the past but moving on to that great future that he has for you. So we're going to look at Matthew chapter 6 as we do that today. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 25. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Notice here Jesus doesn't say avoid difficulty. And Jesus doesn't say, stay away from stress. And the reason he doesn't say that is because it's impossible for us to do that on our own because it's everywhere. Every day, we're confronted with those things. Difficulty and stress come into our lives naturally. What Jesus says here is he says, don't worry. Do not worry, Jesus says. The command that he gives us about the worry that we have about everyday life. And he doesn't imply that we are to lack concern. That we're to just sit around and go, well, Jesus will take care of it. And it doesn't mean that we shouldn't work. But what he's saying here is, don't worry. He said, look, he said, in your life more important than these things that you're worrying about? Jesus says, don't worry about these things. It's an imperative. Don't worry about these things. And what that implies is that worry is a choice that we make. So that's the first step, I think, to get you unstuck is to realize that worry is a choice. So the next time you're confronted with something that makes you anxious, and when you feel yourself starting to worry, what you need to do is you need to stop. And you need to take a step back. And you need to remind yourself that you have a choice. What you can do is you can worry. You can worry. You can become anxious. You can become overwhelmed, or you can trust God. Those are the two choices. We've made it complicated. It's not complicated. There are two choices. You can trust God, or you can worry. One comes naturally, the worry part, and the other one has to be learned. But see, Jesus knows it has to be learned. So that's why he continues. In verse 26, and that brings us to the second step to getting you unstuck is to observe and learn. The funeral yesterday at the graveside, I talked about how God gives us signs in nature that help us to understand maybe things in Scripture that we struggle with, and just the idea of the changing seasons and the idea of resurrection. But here he gives us something else in nature to observe and learn. Verse, verse 26 says, Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? Simple message. God says, the birds need food. And God is aware of it. Birds can't plant. They can't reap. What happens is God feeds the birds. They work. They go out and they collect the food and they bring it back to their nests. But the point he's trying to make here is that God has created a provision for the birds. God knows he created them that they need to eat. So he created a means for them to get what they need. And he says here, people are far more important than birds. The implication is if he'll do this for the birds, why won't he do it for you? He talks about the lilies and about the grass, And he says, look, all these beautiful flowers, all this lovely grass that you see, that's here just for a short time, and then it's gone. God cares so much about that part of creation that is so temporary. He cares about it so much that look how beautiful he makes them. They don't do any of that on their own. God cares what they look like, and he provides it for them. They don't have to earn it. And his whole point is this. Look, God has built into his creation the mechanism by which things are cared for. He has built it in. And what Jesus wants us to realize in this is, look, if God cares so much for birds... And if God cares so much for flowers and grass, and if he has put in mechanisms by which they are cared for, you are the crown of his creation, he says to us. If he'll do all that for nature, why in the world wouldn't he do something similar, if not greater, for you? The one who's made in his image. Jesus says observe and learn. Learn from what God does in nature. God's aware of it. God takes care of it. He's put it in motion. And if he's put it in motion for that, he'll take care of you as well. The third step is actually found back in verse 27. So we're going to go back. Jesus, in the midst of talking about the birds and the lilies and the grass, throws in a a line, and and we're going to go back and look at that. It's verse 27. And here's the third step. It says, Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? The third step is simply this. Accept the fact that some things are beyond your control. Some things are beyond your control. And what Jesus is saying here, he says, look, worry is unproductive. He asks the question, can any of you add anything to your life by worrying? Well, the answer is no. No. So it's unproductive. Why do it? We need to realize that there are certain things that are beyond our control. You know, we can minimize stress in our lives all we want to, and we can do all of these things. But, you know, there are some things that are out of our control. The weather's out of our control. We can't control it. We can wish that it was nice outside, or if you're a winter person, you could wish that it was snowing. But you can't control it. It's beyond your control. So why worry about it? Other things how people respond to you. You can be kind to people. You can love people. You can be generous to people. But you have no control over how they're going to respond back to you. Many of the circumstances of life that we find ourselves in, we can take precautions. You can get exercise and you can live healthy. But sometimes things in our, come into our lives that we have no control over regardless of the precautions we might take. We have no control Control over choices people make. You can give people advice. You can pray for them. But the choices that they make are exactly that. Their choices. And then other people's expectations. You can try to do the best that you can. But you have no control over what expectations people might make for you that are unreasonable. You have no control over it. So why in the world spend your lives fretting and worrying about things over which you have no control? Those things that there's nothing you can do about it. Leave it with God. Trust God to take it. Your worrying about it is not going to change it, and it's not going to solve it, so it's unproductive. Let God have it. Verse 31. Jesus says, So, Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. The fourth thing that we need to do is you need to make the commitment to trust. I mean, you can realize all you want that worry is a choice. And you can observe everything God gives you in nature, and you can understand the idea that there are some things that are out of your control. But those are steps. Here's where we get to where you've got to really do something, and this is make a commitment. You've got to make a commitment to trust. You need to listen closely. Worry is for non believers. I did not say that if you worry, you are not a believer. That's not what I said. I said that worry is something that non-believers can be involved in, not believers. Here's why. Because non-believers don't have God to rely on. Believers do. Believers know who God is. Believers have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So it's not something we should be about, worrying. Why would we worry? Why would we worry if we have this wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ? But we have to make the commitment. It's kind of the old self, new self kind of thing. Remember we talked and it kind of keeps popping up actually as we go through this whole series. The idea that the old self, we're to leave completely behind and we're to completely put on the new self. And worry is so much a part of the old self. So if you're a believer and you've put on the new self, then worry belongs over here. It shouldn't be part of your new life as a believer in Christ. It has no place in our lives. You're a child of God, living in the kingdom of God, enjoying the providence of God. So why, as a believer, why, as a child of God, why? Why would you worry? When you have a relationship with the God who created you, when you have a relationship with the God who promises to provide for you, why would you worry? Step five. Verse 33, Jesus says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I want to say, Jesus mentioned specifically food and clothing, but if you'll notice, I've alluded to other problems that you might have in your life. And these principles that we're talking about here today apply to any problem that's going on in your life. This one really applies. The fifth step is to focus on Jesus shift your focus shift your focus Jesus doesn't say here focus on your problems Jesus says here focus on me seek first the kingdom of God not solve your problems first we have to shift our focus from those things that worry us from those things that cause us to be anxious, we have to shift our focus from them to Christ and to seek His kingdom first. Instead of focusing on our problem, we need to focus on an all-sufficient God. Instead of focusing on our insecurity, we need to focus on our status as a child of the King. Instead of focusing on ourselves, we need to focus on becoming more like Jesus. Every day. Instead of trusting in our ability to understand and fix things, we need, to have, we need to trust in a God who is working all things together for our good. And even if your life is a mess of your own doing, we need to be confident and focus on God's forgiveness and God's restoration. Don't waste your energy... Worrying about things that God already has a handle on. Isn't that what we do? We spend all our time worrying about things that God has a handle on. Worrying about this, God says, I got it. Worrying about something else, God says, I got it. Worrying about something else, God says, I got it. Seek first the kingdom of God... I've got these other things. Don't worry about them. You seek my kingdom and all of these things in your life are going to come. But I've got them, okay? Seek me and seek my kingdom first. God says, I got it. Worry immobilizes you you know what I'm talking about it paralyzes you when you're worried about something it consumes you it's all you can think about you can't eat you can't sleep worry immobilizes you but trust in God sets you free and moves you into action worry keeps you stuck in the present But trust in God will help you to move beyond. You know, if worry dominates your life, you're going to stay stuck in the present. Every day will be the same as the day before, filled with worry about the same things. But if trust in God dominates your life, then what you'll find is that God takes great pleasure in caring for you, And in supplying what you need every day. Let's pray.